Welcome to FEPS Talks, the podcast series at the Foundation for European Progressive Studies. Find out more about us on feps-europe.eu. Hello, uh, welcome to FEPS Talks, the, the podcast of the Foundation for European Progressive Studies. My name is Leticia Thyssen. Uh, I'm FEPS uh, Policy Advisor for Gender Equality and Women's Rights. As the leading European progressive think tank, we, we strongly believe that social justice cannot be achieved without gender equality. Uh, that is why today, just a few days ahead of the 25th of November, uh, we are mark marking the International uh, Day on the Elim Elimination of uh, Violence Against Women. Uh, and today's talk is therefore going to address the topic of violence against women in conversation with uh, Ms. Evelyn Regner, uh, who is a member of the European Parliament, part of the Austrian, Austrian Social Democratic Party and the Progressive Alliance for Socialists and Democrats inside the European Parliament. Uh, after being elected to the European Parliament, you have been named Chair of the Committee uh, on Women's Rights and Gender Equality. Uh, your committee uh, that you are chairing is well aware of the challenges women face despite many successes in empowering women and one of your main concerns as a parliamentary body in order to make gender equality a priority in the EU is of course the issue of violence against women. Therefore, welcome and thank you for this privilege, Evelyn. <laughs> thank you so much that we have the opportunity to have this conversation. So hi, Letizia, and hi to all those listening right now. Uh, let me start with, uh, with the first $1 million question. Why do you believe that gender equality is still so important, still nowadays in, 2000, in 2019? And why do you believe that tackling violence against women should be a priority in achieving gender equality? Because there is no equality yet. It's a myth to think that gender equality exists Uh, even there is no country in the world, not a single one, not Iceland, not Sweden, who really has achieved gender equality. There are still huge deficits. And one of the hugest obstacles to achieve gender equality is violence. Because when women are harassed or even hit, or even when we have these uh, tragic stories of femicide, mm. then we just see there is a system of patriarchy that is still trying to uh, hinder women to go on. Women need safe spaces, safe areas, and violence is a huge obstacle. So how can women achieve gender equality when they are in danger to be hit? One out of... Uh, Three women has experiences of violence, uh, sexual violence, but also to be hit. And the most dangerous place for women is at home. So, of course, you have to be careful in the streets. There is also violence happening at the workplace, but at home, which means that's really a structural problem when husbands, when family members still take this right to uh, rape women, to hit them. So it's a structural problem. So gender equality is a goal. It's a huge goal, but we aren't there yet. Mm -hmm. so, so indeed, uh, violence against women generates huge costs for society uh, mm. as a whole. 
so you, you briefly, we briefly touched upon it, but uh, mm -hmm. to what extent do you also believe that the causes of uh, violence are interrelated uh, when we speak about poverty, economic dependency, mm -hmm. uh, well-being and unequal position uh, between, mm -hmm. uh, between genders? I mean, we, I mean, it's a mosaic as so many times. A good tool to overcome violence and to achieve, as a further step, gender equality is the economic and the financial independence of women. So if a woman is earning her own salary, if a woman is integrated in the work life, it gives another self-confidence. So somehow if, a, if there is an unlucky partnership, for example, and a man hits his uh, wife, then it's easier for a woman to say, goodbye, I go. Or I just try to get rid of you and, 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 and you as husband has to leave the house. So financial independence is always an important tool. And therefore, still, not only the legislation has to work on that, that we, do, that we don't have this gender pay gap and uh, all these different options and difficulties for women because of being in part-time work and all the questions concerning childcare. It's, it's, it's one of the huge roots of, of, of battling it. And the other thing is um, the culture, the stereotypes. So somehow we're looking back at the history of mankind where there was always men oppressing uh, women and it doesn't come from one day to the other that this is changing. So somehow we have stereotypes, all of us in our head, men and women too, that somehow you rather should stay at home. And of course the situation has completely changed the... the, 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 uh, the uh, Society is different, but still there are so many stereotypes in us that this is still the reason why in the case of the cases, a woman says, okay, I do the homework, uh, mm -hmm. the housework, okay, I just keep more about the kids and I'm working too, so somehow to have the double burden. So a long way to go. Mm -hmm. So one of the main challenges would be also to overcome the stereotypes that women have mm -hmm. integrated themselves uh, yes, in, uh, yes. in this regard. Yes, absolutely. Uh, now, no, no later than just a few days ago, uh, mm -hmm. you, you have chaired uh, the hearing of the Gender Equality and Women's Rights uh, um, analyzing the state of play uh, on violence against mm -hmm. women. Uh, so wha what is the current picture uh, and would you paint it as rather dark or do we still have hopes uh, and mm -hmm. can you report about uh, some also best practice examples mm -hmm. of what is uh, being done in, uh, in this regard? It's both. There is a backlash, there is a huge backlash mm -hmm. in many European countries and worldwide. Mm -hmm. So um, we just realize um, this is simply happening, that women are... Uh, tr uh, are trying to be kept out of the professional professional careers, that their hate violence against women is popping up again and again. Yeah, that's one thing. But at the same time, excellent developments are taking place. That the whole issue of violence against women became an issue means that people are debating on it. All those decades, hundreds of years, It was just part of the uh, reality of the society, but it was no topic to talk about and, of course, not to do something against it. So it is a topic, and there are many measures that are done, and that's good. And therefore, uh, somehow I don't see it only black. Uh, we're still lacking data, which means it has never been a topic by, uh, 
by researchers. So somehow now it is a topic and we're getting more data and we have to demand more data for IGE from the Fundamental Rights Agency and FEPS doing an excellent work in this regard. So I'm learning when I'm reading uh, uh, the research data. So uh, an excellent example, I, I mean, in this hearing we just had in, 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 in our committee was an excellent example from Croatia that you see here so that sad things have taken place during the Balkan Wars, women being systematically raped. It is a, a, a war crime and, a, and it was a weapon during the war. And a social democratic minister of defense. It was a social democratic ministry of defense via mainstream methods, always thinking, what does war mean for men? What does it mean for women? Launched a legislation how to tackle with the traumata and the whole uh, traumata of women. So really doing something for those raped women who are still suffering 20, 30 years after the whole thing, after the whole terrible war. And also doing a legislation that's a crime that uh, you still have to, 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 to go for finding uh, 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 those, uh, uh, those criminal participants of the war, but also doing something for, for women. And this changes also the society, because that means in the society, let's talk about it, in order to have a good democratic future, you need to deal with your past. So that was really a good example because it was precise mm -hmm. tools, what you can do, how to imprison how, uh, them who are guilty, but also how to protect the women with the trauma so many, uh, so many years after the whole thing. And of course, we had fantastic other examples as well. Well, thank you, thank you for, for this uh, for this example, uh, but also for for referring to uh, to indeed uh, the need for for more data uh, mm -hmm. when it comes uh, to the issue of uh, violence against women. Uh, as you mentioned before, uh, the the Me Too movement uh, has uh, or the general liberal liberalization of uh, women's. Uh, Freedom to speak about the issue has played uh, a major a major role uh, in in bringing it to the to the public space. Uh, however, the Me Too movement only shows the top of the iceberg, uh, and there have been repeated calls uh, over several years now for uh, for more comprehensive data on violence against women, uh, and that is precisely the reason why FEPS, together with the Fondation Jean Jaurès, uh, launched a new survey which has been conducted with IFOP, the French Institute of French uh, of um, Public opinion, uh, which has been released uh, just recently. Uh, it responds to the need to have a better understanding and of the full range of violence suffered, uh, suffered by, uh, by women at the workplace. Uh, filling a gap in uh, reliable and recent data, this survey is conducted in the five biggest uh, countries of the European Union. So mm -hmm. we have Germany, France, the UK, uh, and Spain, as well as Italy. Uh, and it makes it possible to quantify sexism and sexual harassment suffered by women in the professional domain, uh, whilst breaking certain stereotypes types about women's characteristics or the profile of the mm -hmm. harassers. Um, so if you, if you had uh, a guess, how many women do you think in the European Union average out of 10 mm -hmm. have uh, ever been uh, exposed to one form of sexual or sex, sexist violence at work at least once in their lives? So out of 10 women, how many? Honestly, sometimes I think 8 or 9 of 10 because Lighter forms 
almost everybody of us experiences in some way. Maybe when it's getting to be more explicit, then it's a far lower number. But when it's just about a way of being, for example, this way of, of at the workplace, of that somebody is looking at you in a way where you see this is really a way that is disgusting. So somehow you're wearing your miniskirt because you were, you're in the mood to wear your miniskirt. And the way uh, people look at you, mm. not in a way of respecting you, but in a way of non-respecting you. And these are, of course, small forms. But if it's happened regularly, if it's happened all the time, could, uh, all the time it could be also a, a, a burden. Mm-hmm. Well... Uh, of course, uh, we, we need to take into account uh, the high rates of underreporting. Uh, but in the survey, it says that on, in the EU average, mm-hmm. uh, it's as, as high as 6 out of 10 women who have experienced it at least once uh, in mm-hmm. their lifetime at work. Uh, mm-hmm. If you look at the country-specific breakdown, it goes mm-hmm. even uh, as high as 66% in Spain mm-hmm. or 68% in Germany. Uh, okay. And, and just one question, uh, could, you, could you please say again uh, what countries uh, were, uh, are covered in the report? It's Germany, so it's France, UK? UK, Spain and Italy. Okay. okay. Yeah, so, of course, we know that it's uh, not representative of the yeah, whole yeah, of yeah, Europe, of course. but we have selected the biggest countries. Because it's all, uh, I mean, it's also a very, it's, a, it's an individual thing. What do you regard as harassment? Mm-hmm. And, of course, it's uh, a very structural thing. Sometimes you're harassed and it's not nice and you don't feel comfortable and it's terrible. But one is, how should I say, one thinks everybody, all women have to deal with it, that. And therefore it's normal. It's like cold weather. You have to, you, you suffer on that, but somehow it's taking place. And sexual harassment is not inevitable. We can do something. I think this is the change right now. Mm-hmm, when you mm-hmm. say six out of ten, yes. Uh, but I- in a way, I think it also nicely mm-hmm. goes back to uh, some other figures that uh, that are revealed in the survey, mm-hmm. and namely the fact that especially young women are much more likely uh, to feel harassed. Yes, uh, and that's also where you you probably uh, sense the the influence of the recent debates because the perception of what sexual harassment at the workplace actually means mm-hmm. can differ from one country to another, but yes. also uh, according to your age uh, and many other and many yeah, but other I think, factors. Isn't it that uh, the major reason is when it's more younger people, because that's my, 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 what, what I discovered also in the conversation with, with younger women, thank God, they are more impatient they don't tolerate this behavior. They say, no, stop. It's my right to wear what I would like to wear. And if I have a lot of makeup, I have a lot of makeup. If a miniskirt, then it's a miniskirt. And if somebody has a problem with that or thinks he can judge or do whatever, no, no right, because a no is a no. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a great thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I hope they keep it. Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> actually, and, and, and that's why I would like also to, um, to, to stress one of the, one of the figures uh, in, uh, in, the, in the survey, because um, it says that only a minority of victims choose a purely passive strategy uh, by avoiding talking about the problems to others, whether inside or outside the company. So it's between 33 and 47 percent. Mm -hmm. Uh, but while a majority of them told a third party about their experience, uh, it is mainly to a relative or a colleague of the same rank. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and that is an interesting point to note because women who have adopted uh, an active strategy by talking to a person who is more likely to solve the problem uh, mm -hmm. do remain the exception. Mm -hmm. uh, so that means why, that. Why, why, why? Because there is still, don't you think it's still, when you're harassed, I mean, it's something that hurts you. So somehow it always takes uh, an additional energy to deal with the whole problem again. So somehow this is not nice. The second thing is, especially when it's the workplace, you always have to think at the whole picture. Does it cause problems with colleagues, mm -hmm. with my uh, uh, superior? So somehow do I get some additional problems with all of that? And mm -hmm. then a woman thinks, oh, maybe I, I don't want to provoke all that. And then there's also the third thing, and thank God, through the Me Too debate, this is getting better, the story of shame. It's always the story when there is a victim. It's first of all the victim is that is ashamed, and not the one who is responsible and who did it. So somehow, uh, we as European Parliament drew the conclusion, and I think here we can be really very uh, a very positive example, that we introduced a procedure. If something is happening like this at the workplace European Parliament, there is an internal procedure to whom to talk to the to the to the staff representatives, to the to the trade unions. I'd love that the whole thing is also anonymous at low threshold outside, because it's always better the more far away from the institution the better. But we introduced the procedure anyway, that's good. And then also uh, education, formation of everybody. So every European parliamentarian should, should have this. Uh, learning about uh, uh, how to deal with uh, harassment in the future. So somehow you need different, different pieces of the mosaic in order to overcome it. Okay. Uh, the new, the new commission that uh, that is going to uh, to enter mm -hmm. into force, uh, I believe that um, there are a lot of uh, expectations when it comes to the to the mm -hmm. agenda on uh, gender equality and on tackling uh, violence against women. Uh, von der Leyen has made a lot of promises. Um, yes. What would be your wishes uh, for the upcoming five years uh, to be achieved by this commission, and what will be the main challenges? Yeah, I just start with the challenges. Van der Leyen made a, a lot of promises, but promises are promises. But nevertheless, good to make promises. We, we, we check if she's holding them. Istanbul Convention is a convention against violence against women. Quite simple to understand. Don't hit the wife, don't hurt her. Mm. Very simple. I mean, everybody should, within 10 seconds, sign that convention, I would say. Out of 21, a couple of them are missing. Eastern European countries. And the challenge is, what about all those members who don't sign that? Holy See, 
what the hell, where's the problem of the church not to ratify the Istanbul Convention? I can't understand that at all. So somehow this could be a symbol and that will be the challenge. A real strategy against violence against women, not only the convention, convention is already good. From my point of view, the most important thing is pragmatic prevention measures. You need money, simply money and the political willingness to install um, women houses, we call that in, in, in Austria. I don't know if, know if I pr uh, translate properly. So somehow mm -hmm. when women are hit by their husbands or somebody else, that it's quite easy to go out and to say, I take my kid, I leave you, I, I, I don't say, yeah, safe places. You need, we need enormously many safe places, especially in the countryside. So not only in the big cities, mm -hmm. where it turns out that this is necessary. And it needs a lot of education. Education in schools, it's part of the normal uh, education that boys and girls learn to respect each other. And there has, has to be done a lot. Yeah. When, when many countries uh, uh, don't want to Even do that. Even quite recently, if we look at the case of Poland. Yes. Uh, where the, the, the government is, uh, has introduced a, a bill to criminalize mm. uh, sexuality education, right? So much is to be done. Isn't that uh, crazy? I mean, that they are doing that, I mean, it's... It is, it is. Uh, but it, it, means, it means that we need, we need to keep up the work uh, mm -hmm. and, uh, and also to, uh, to finish here on a, on a positive note, if you want the audience to, uh, to keep one sentence uh, in mind uh, on what should be the, the main message here or if you have a, if you have a favorite quote uh, that you want to, uh, to share with us today, what, what could it be? Violence is a crime against yeah. women, it's against fundamental rights and we therefore need also uh, a definition in the criminal law. So really binding measures. Mm. And this is something that should remain. Perfect. Well, thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much. It's for me a luxury and a pleasure to have this, uh, this uh, conversation with you. Thanks. Thank you. And should you, should you wish to uh, further look into, into our survey, do not hesitate to, uh, to look up our website. Uh, you will have access to the, to the full data. Yeah, thank you. Of course, I'll do. <laughs> thank you for your attention. If you found our conversation interesting, do not hesitate to share it on social media with the hashtag FEPSTalks. More is yet to come. Stay tuned. Stay tuned.